This is Hyperborean Radio coming at all you wild folk out there in the wasteland of modernity. I hope everybody's keeping their head down and their powder dry. Today we are going to be talking about how to build um, culture. And with me is the Lord Keeper. How are you doing this wonderful day? I'm doing alright today. And I'm actually very interested in this topic because we've actually kind of discussed it on and off and today we're going to focus on it as our main topic. So really, how do you build culture? Well, you can ask yourself, what is culture? Culture is just a way of being, I suppose, Um, a collective way of being, Um, not necessarily what you think, but the way that you think, the way that you express it. And this usually comes out in the form of celebrations. rituals such as uh what are the local wedding customs or the funeral customs etc etc well really the simple way to build community and uh, i'm really bad at this because i i can't do like on those commercials where they string it out for 45 minutes then give the answer i'm going to give the answer straight up front and then we can explain why it's the answer um but yeah, anyways, the way that you build community is basically by being somebody that people want to be around and then being willing to spend time with them, showing them how it is that you do things and having fun, having fun while doing it. It makes people feel welcome, makes them want to be part of the the group. They want to be around you and do the things that you're doing because you're just amazing. That's the simple answer is just be somebody that people want to be around and then don't be afraid to do these things with people. Well, and another thing to bring up is uh, there's an old saying, necessity is the mother of invention. And it's very true. I mean, things like pizza and many, many other things were invented out of a need. And a lot of these things end up going into the culture. Pizza, for instance, was basically a famine food. Now it's everybody's go-to when they really don't want Taco Bell. And like we were talking about, one of the reasons that culture is so damaged, I guess you could say today, is that there isn't a community there for people to actually do it. Because a lot of culture requires more than one person. There's, There's really no such thing as a culture of one. A culture of one is a personality. It's a... I don't know a good word for it, but basically, if you want to create a... If you want to build culture, you need more than one person. That's one of the keys there. That's why we're also talking about community as well. Because Halloween... uh, How good is Halloween if you're the only people that are dressing up or giving out candy or carving jack-o'-lanterns? Not a single other person in your town does it. It's kind of hard to do Halloween, isn't it? Well, and let's go into a mythical place, I guess. A pretend world where nobody else does Halloween. And this might actually exist in some places. And if so, I apologize for you. Um, Or rather, I I feel sorry for you. Um, But one way to get people to participate in Halloween is throw a Halloween party and have a... um, an open Halloween party and have a costume contest. That would be one way to start it. I mean, who amongst our people don't like contests? So, and it's actually been, there's been several revivals of things like this, and that's literally how it was done. Um, not a whole lot of, yes, there's space that's required, but not a whole lot of money. 
So you can go around and be like, oh, hey, I'm inviting everybody. I'm having a costume contest this Halloween. And it's for, you, you know, you set out what your your um, your rules are for it. So no sexy cats. I'm after the, the most elaborate con, uh, costume. We're after the most horrifying costume, whatever, whatever it is. And yeah, um, it increases the odds that people will show up and participate and have some fun and uh, just take out your janky old radio and play some music. Um, take a, uh, some bucket of some kind and go get some apples and uh, there's your apple bobbing. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Elaborate is more impressive, I guess, but it's not actually a requirement. Precisely. And it's sort of one of the issues with culture now is also that people don't even notice it's there. Like Halloween. Yes, it's descended of Samhain and all these other holidays and influences, but it's a uniquely American tradition. Same with Groundhog Day. It's a descendant of Candlemas and Imbolc. And, and that's just the holidays. And the reason I'm focusing in on the holidays is it's the most noticeable difference because people go all out. Whereas you have the day-to-day, and these are things that are less noticeable. And culture is the culmination of history, and in America especially, which is where me and CG live, we have a certain issue which is that our culture is a lot younger in terms of being defined as American. But there is actually a European country that is fairly similar, I guess you could say, in terms of its late origin. And that would be one of everybody's favorite things to talk about, which is Iceland. It's been around for less than a thousand years. It was made up of various Gaelic and Norse and German settlers. And if you told an Icelandic person that they weren't Icelandic, then they would probably laugh at you. And they have a very, very distinct culture. I mean, anyone that's watched anything on Iceland can tell they have a very, very distinct culture. And I think what I'm trying to build to is, how does that happen? Because a lot of people will look around at American culture and think, oh, how drab or how uninteresting. And it's not just America. It's There is this desire that people have to develop culture and to continue it as well. And right now we're, as a people, I'd say we're kind of um, messing it up on both, I'd say. Right, and to get back on to how to build culture, because there we all have, have cultures. There, there's local things that everybody does. But there's an example that you can see on YouTube everywhere if you look, which is people just sitting in their backyard or at a lake, at a river, wherever, and they're just playing music and singing songs. And I, I wish I would have taken my own advice on this had I thought of it at the time um, when I was living in a place where I could have done this. But I have a guitar. It's missing one string. I can barely play it, but I can beat out a rhythm. And go get a... I, I, what I could have done and should have done is went and got a small keg of beer and some apple juice. And then just invite all my neighbors over and be like, yeah, come on over. Um, got a guitar. Going to sing some songs. Let's 
sit down, have some fun, and 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 just play. Um, you might be able to set up horseshoes or some other yard game if you have a yard. It, it doesn't really matter what it is that you do. The important thing is is getting people there. And then I could have badly played some songs for people and just assured them that the drunker they got, the better I'd sound. And it, it would have been a way to, even in, in uh, I don't know if it's considered a suburb or not. It's on the outside edge of the city where I was living um, and actually had a yard. But I could have, through doing something like that, encouraged a local, uh, a very local um, culture to, to begin to to develop and who knows maybe somebody would have showed up that could actually play that and been like here hand me that guitar so that you'll stop strangling it to death and play better music but because I'd be willing to basically embarrass myself in front of people just to have have some fun with people and get to know people it's the beginning steps it's the beginning steps and it doesn't matter what it is to me honestly that's one of the best ones is just getting out in the yard firing up the grill you don't have to feed a hundred people um, but if you provide the grill, they provide the meat. You, you see where it's going, and, and just having fun with with your neighbors, or at least trying to. Well, and that's that's something that seems to be lost. And uh, we brought this up on—I don't remember if it was the last podcast or the one before—but one of the ones we talked about, I mentioned that we've sort of developed these subcultures. But we aren't really developing culture. And what I mean by that is subculture is usually based around a hobby or an aesthetic. Whereas actual culture is active. It's among the people. It changes. It morphs. You know, like the Scotch-Irish culture from Europe comes to the United States, mixes with a bit of other things, and is affected by the landscape, and you end up with Appalachian culture. And this is something that we have to kind of avoid making the mistake of, which is building subculture in the sense of the modern sort of commercialized version of it. Buy this vampire cross to go with your goth outfit. Uh, that sort of thing. And it's actually something... Building culture is actually really, really simple. It usually starts with something. Ma somebody makes a thing. Like, let's go with something that is quintessential to most cultures, which is bread or pastries or sweets or just, just some kind of baked good. Everyone's got one. In America, the quintessential one would be chocolate chip cookies. Basically, everybody's got their own recipe for chocolate chip cookies, but it all started roughly, I think, like a hundred or so years ago, and someone accidentally made chocolate chip cookies. And now they're a household staple, and, ever, and we used to have competitions where people would compete for chocolate chip cookies, or cherry pie, or blueberry pie, or apple pie, or who could make the best bread loaf. And they still exist at, like, state fairs and stuff, but it's not as common as it once was. And what it turns into is somebody invents thing, and then things get built off of that. You know, it's like there is no League of Extraordinary Gentlemen without Victorian literature. It's a continuation of that. There is no... I personally detest the this uh, kind of ice cream trend, but there's no apple pie ice cream without apple pie. So, everything builds off of each other, and it usually branches and spreads out. 
you know, you start with the basic comedy and uh, drama, and now you have so many different genres of fiction and all these things that some of them are just odd. Well, and one of the things, too, about building culture is putting aside your fear, your nervousness about talking to people that you don't know, or not talking about, talking to. Sorry, this is the internet. People talk about people. But talking to people that you don't know. Because I've had people comment, man, I, I, I wish I could be like you and just walk up to somebody that you don't even know and just strike up a conversation. Well, I get nervous, too, but I force myself to do this, where I just take that little bit of nervousness, push it to the side, and then I just start talking to the person, and I smile, and I'll offer my, my hand, whether they take it or not, because there's a, a, a saying, basically, you already have a no, but you have to work to get the yes. So basically, yeah, just even though it's, it's nerve-wracking and odds are they're going to say no and they'll probably look at you cross-eyed like you're, like you're just absolutely lost your mind, with practice, you can actually get to the point where the people will become engaged. Um, I mean, was that yesterday? We was, uh, we was going for a walk because uh, walking's good for you. That's why. So we was, we was walking and discussing um, projects that we're working on or going to be working on. And there's this girl walking down the, down the street and say hello, and she didn't freak out. And then I made her laugh because I acted goofy and said, oh, wow, somebody that's not scared, you know, shaking myself around like a little puppy dog. And, yeah, she, she laughed, and she wanted to keep talking. I, I could see it on her face, but she was nervous to keep talking, and she just kept on moving. But still, the ability to be silly in front of people that you don't know. Because what are the odds I'm ever going to see that female again? I would say pretty low because it was just a random encounter. But still, you know, if nothing else, it it lifted her day, day just for a moment. And I'm sure it will stick in her mind because there's been people where I had those random encounters like that. And then I bump into them again a week or a month later and they're like, huh, I remember you. You made me feel so good that day because you did some silly thing or because you gave me a, a random compliment. And it, it's true. It actually works. So we have to be more more outgoing, I guess, and start making our stand, which is another show that we did recently, um, where we have to... Christians are really quick to give credit to everything that's good to God. Well, we need to start doing the same thing, except for instead of to God, to our people, to our gods, to who we are, our, to our ethnic group. We, we have to figure out a way to be like, oh, yes, this is wonderful because of who we are as a people. Isn't it great? Or praise the gods and just list off a few gods that has something to do with, with that, if you know any. I mean, because... It is, it's a whole thing. But we need to be more outgoing. We need to be more friendly, less fearful and angry. Because nobody wants to be around somebody that's fearful and angry all the time. There is a draw there, yes. But it gets old and, and people start not feeling good. The idea is make people feel good. You look like you want to say something, so here you go. I was just going to say, one of the things about culture is... 
like we've said before about stories, for instance, stories are a big part of culture. They have to live. You have to actually tell them. And and best way to do it is from memory and orally. But but most of the stories are in books, and they stay in books, and they die, and they rot. They're the corpses of the gods, the corpses of the heroes, because they're not living anymore. They're not told anymore. And this is something about all forms of culture, is they have to be lived. Well, and that that's another get-together thing. Um, if you can get people to show up, start telling funny stories. It doesn't have to be about the gods or heroes or whatever. So you don't have to make it all quote-unquote religious, which it's, it's not religion anyways. It's just a way of being. But start telling funny stories, even if it only amuses you. And encourage other people to tell these funny stories. Laughter brings people together. It's just simple as that. Well, it's like I always get you laughing with, um, there's that story of Hala where she's, she's effectively throwing pancakes at people like just borderline. I think, I don't remember if that's exactly what was happening in the tale, but it makes you laugh. So it, it, she's throwing pancakes at people, but yeah, funny, uh, having fun. That's the thing. Don't be afraid to have fun. We've been talking about this for a long time and we understand things are stressful that's fine that stress will still be there when you're done laughing so we have to be able to encourage people to laugh to enjoy themselves to get together it builds actually security against all that stress against all that fear against all that anger which really it just holds us back is it a fuel yeah yeah it is Um, but what is better is pulling people together so learn to laugh, learn to get, and it is a skill. Don't get me wrong. It is a skill. Um, some people have a more natural, um, they're, they're more natural at it than others, but it is a skill that can be developed and learn to laugh honestly and to get other people to laugh honestly. And telling stories is one great way to do it. It's every, every place where I've been where people have fun there's people telling fun stories there's people doing fun things there's little competitions that well we can't help but take competition seriously but you don't need to seriously take competition so competitions get togethers uh, laughing some music um, if nobody's dancing everybody's sitting there looking nervous be the first one to get up and act the fool just get up there and Grab a broom. Be like, well, nobody else wants to dance, so I'll dance with the broom. It doesn't matter. Just don't be afraid to have fun. Be the first one. It's okay. I mean, worst that happens is people shake their heads and walk away. You've already got that if they aren't participating. The best thing that happens is they get up and join you. And if you're a guy and you're dancing with a broom... um. Odds are a girl is probably going to jump up there and take that broom's place because it's easy for her to be a broom. Or it should be. Or games. Like, for instance, games are actually a big part of the culture. I mean, one of the deities... I mean, granted, this is a modern designation. It's not something I think he was known as in the Viking Age or whatever. But Uller is sometimes known as the god of games. Um... Games are a big deal. 
I mean, if you don't believe me, it, just just think about all of the games and how they interact with our culture. Sports are a big one. Chess, war games are even a form of practice. It's a whole thing. And how did most of these things get started? Popular sports like American football uh, and basketball and baseball. They literally started because a bunch of people got together, played it, and it spread from there. Well, and let's say you don't have the money or the equipment for any of these big fancy games. You, It's easy to make a game. You take a can, an empty can, and some gravel. And who can get the rock into the can from the furthest distance away? We are so competitious, people will start doing it. Even if you have to do it on your own, be like, oh, hey, you want to you wanna play a game? Everybody's like, no, I don't want to play a game because I'm embarrassed and shy. Be like, okay, that's fine. And then take your can and set it out in a handful of, of pebbles and start throwing it and uh, trying to get the rocks into the can. Well, what are you doing? And then just tell them, oh, I'm trying to get these rocks into that can. You don't need a game name. And eventually... As long as you're actually trying, somebody else wants to prove that they can do it if you can't or that they can do it better. Well, there's even uh, a name for a game like this. It's called Kick the Can. Well, that's kicking the can. No, 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 I know, but I'm not saying that game. I'm saying a low-budget game. Like, you drink a soda or you drink a seltzer or you drink whatever is in the can or, frick, you find one just lying around. You have an easy ball. I mean, it's not the—it's not as good as a soccer ball or something like that. But well, my point—it's not. But it's something that exists, and our people were very, very ingenious when it comes to working within limited means. Uh, most of cuisine that isn't, you know, invented in a hot cuisine five-star restaurant, um, typically, it comes from necessity. It doesn't come from the famous chef it comes from you know we grow this so we make this you know tomatoes potatoes these things really only started being grown out of necessity because at the time we straight up thought they were poisonous because they were related to nightshade which is by no means a edible plant typically well and when I lived in a in a rural area there would be people that follow me around and I couldn't figure out why they would... Like, I, I would just be going for a walk. Next thing I know, I got some people walking with me. I don't think anything about it. After a little while, I got a small army of people following me. I'm like, why is everybody following me? Well, we want to have a party, and you always know where the parties are. So, why did I always know where the party was? Because I made a party if there wasn't already one. We, we would just... I'd be like, hey, we got enough people. Let's have a party. Where do we want to go so that we won't get interrupted and then go have a party? It's literally that simple. You are the only person that I know that if they saw like 50 people following them for a mile would not be like, what the fuck's going on? You just were like, what? What's going on? Huh? What's up? Everyone else would be like, is this like Invasion of the Body Snatchers? What's going on? Are they going to jump me? Am I going to get like feasted upon by the chuds? I mean, it's just, it's weird. It's something that most people aren't used to. Um, and I think it's, 
it's one of those things where people people need to have something to let loose on. I mean, that's that's why there's all these you know trolls and such online, and I'm not gonna go on a thing about that, but it's because people need somewhere to let loose and it doesn't exist, so everybody's getting you know high all the time or stuff like that because. When's the last time you heard of an actual party outside of a movie? Like, I have not... I, I went to college and they didn't have them. Well, and one way to, to start something like that, I guess, is... um, I, Okay, I almost said something that's untrue. I almost said everybody's got one friend. This is not necessarily the case. Make, it, make a friend. Um, walk up to somebody... Um, that's doing something that catches your eye, not just first random person that you see. So it has to be somebody that catches your eye. Try to strike up a conversation. If you manage to strike up the conversation, oh, hey, I'm having a get-together tonight, even if you wasn't planning on it. I'm having a get-together tonight. Would you care to come over and join us? Because odds are most people have at least family or roommates. Oh, yeah, who's going to be there? Well, if you show up, at least you and the people that I live with. And, and it might seem strange, and they might not show up. But what if they do? What if they do? You can begin the building there. It really is more simple than what people think. And there is so much to culture. There, there's our, our clothing. But basically, you have to get people to want to be around you. Because really, this is how we got where we are right now. People wanted to be around the cool people. And then, oh, why are you so cool? Well, because I think this and I think that and I believe this thing and I believe that thing. And people want to be like the cool person. Become the cool person and get people to want to be like you. That it's, it, generally, that's what it is. I mean, you don't have don't stand there and, and lecture them. Don't People's forgotten how to be social. You can have conversations without lecturing or arguing with people. I mean, really, you can't. And, and um, you can wrap it around the clothing, what should be. Oh, hey, did you know people used to do stuff like this all the time where they meet somebody new and just invite them over and they would have a cookout or just, uh, I don't know, throw rocks at a can and uh, play the radio. I mean, people used to actually do this stuff. It was called getting to know people, getting to know your neighbors. I mean, there, there was a little bit of a phrase there. So... It's literally that simple, and we need to start building culture. If we want our culture, the culture that we want to not only exist, but to become the dominant culture, we have to lead the way on it. Well, and we I said it in a previous uh, podcast, because it's true, and I know, I know it's not a fun thing to hear, but of the pagan revivals, this one is the most lackluster. And granted, it's in motion. It's in progress. So for all I know, this might be the best and the successful one that happens in our in history. But we have to have people who exemplify the best of us. The masculine, the feminine, the all the archetypes from the comedian to the warrior to you know, I'm not going to list them all off and I don't know them all by heart anyway, but basically we have to have multifaceted. It's like I've said before, technically speaking, 
while people keep trying to pigeonhole ethnic faith in one direction or the other, it's all encompassing. So it's going to shift person to person. And that's the same with culture. You know, you could both be, I don't know, Northumbrian. I mean, there could be a unifying factor there, but you're a cobbler and he's a copper. There's going to be a lot of difference between someone who is uh, of the co- of the uh, cobbler profession versus the policeman profession. And you also probably have personality differences. For all I know, you're one of you's male, one of you's female, and there's going to be all these differences, but it's still all under that umbrella term. And it's the same for most of these things. Culture is dynamic. It is not... It is both everywhere and nowhere. It sounds ridiculous, but if you don't believe me, try to think of American culture without thinking of the most obvious ones. Just walk around if you're in America or whatever country you're in. Just try to envision like where all the cultural elements are. You don't notice them because you're in them. It's not until you have contrast that you see how different uh, where you were is. And this is how it's both everywhere and nowhere. Well, and culture also isn't dry academics. Because I know a lot of people in our circles, they just want to sit around and talk about the academics of it. And is that part of it? Well, I guess if you're in an academic sphere, then you have your get-together at a library, I guess. That, that'd be a good place to have a, an academic discussion. And the best academic discussions aren't dry anyways. And then you get all sorts of academic. So if that's your personality type, you don't have to sing the songs. You don't have to dance the dances. But find some other academic people and have discussion, academic discussions about our people. So, yes, that is actually a thing. Some of the, the more famous people in history that we have broad access to, they actually did these things. Uh, Young, uh, Nietzsche, they did these things. So did uh, some of our our best storytellers. Uh, Conan, uh, Sir Conan O'Doyle, is that his name? Uh, the Sherlock Holmes guy. Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah, Arthur Conan Doyle. Um, Robert E. Howard. Uh, the guy that wrote the Cthulhu stories, uh, Lovecraft. Yes. Um, these guys, they were parts of academic uh, circles. And they all talked to each other. Well, maybe not all of those guys talked to each other. But still, you get the idea. And there was academic circles. This was their culture. And they discussed the the outer culture and the inside of who we are as people. And whether you agree with them or not, this is what they built Congratulations, they built something by talking to other people and by spending time with people that not necessarily wanted to spend time with them, but found them intriguing. And if you're not the academic kind, don't force the academics onto the people that want to play the games and want to sing the songs and want to dance the dances. There is a place for both, and both of these things need to exist. So it's not do one or the other. But do what it is that your personality type is towards. And we cannot do this online. This is as close as we get to be able to do it online. There's lots of forums out there. There's the the telegrams and the discords and the, the podcasts like this one. But that's not the same as looking somebody in the eye, shaking their hand, um, smelling their breath because they're talking to you, whether it's pleasant or not. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to get close enough that you can... That, that you can smell the person that you're talking to. And 
don't be shy about it. You know, you know, you have, we have to become people. And, and I like to think a lot of us are people that other people want to be around. We have to open ourselves up to encourage people to be like us. And you look like you want to say something again. Well, I'm just going to say you kind of hit the nail on the head there because you're talking about um, don't try to be someone you're not. And this ties into another aspect of how culture gets developed, and that's genuine. You have to be genuine. And that, that's one of the problems we have in modern culture is people aren't genuine anymore. You know, uh, pink-haired, uh, blue-haired, lesbian barista... Uh, get superpowers from the goddess of the universe in the form of a red panda who gives them magic bongs out their butthole. This is a real show, by the way. I, I would not call anything in that genuine. A and it's the same with, like, I don't know, Christian rock music. Even if they truly believe in their deity, you can tell it it's so low effort and it's disingenuine. And we have to avoid doing things by going through the motions because then we won't do it and the people around us won't want to keep doing it because they'll know we're just going through the motions. I don't think anyone wants to just go through the motions. You know, if you are someone who is more active, whether you're a hiker, whether you're a fighter, whether you're a hang glider, whatever you do, you're probably going to take a more uh, physical role in the culture. Maybe you're, or maybe you're more artistic, you're a singer, you're a painter, or something like that. Or maybe you're just Fred from down the road, and you go to your job, and you like your job, it's nothing special. You come home, you pat the dog, you kiss the wife, you go to bed. You don't do the things that everyone is like, oh yeah, awesome. But you're still a decent human being, and you go out, and you have fun with your friends, and you have fun with your family, and you talk to your neighbors. And that builds the culture, too. Because without that communication, without the community, you know, it's like that line um, from Doctor Who. He's been all around the time and space and he's never met somebody who wasn't important. It doesn't matter if you're just the average person. You are still important. Yes, I've never met an unimportant person in my life. But... Um, I forgot what I was going to say now. I got the mic back and, and my brain blanked. Um, but yeah, and, and the other thing too is this is a, a reality. Everybody's going to assume that you're Christian, especially if you're not a piece of crap. Don't be afraid to let people know that you're not Christian. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a wildling. Oh, um, I don't think I've ever heard of that. Is that like that Game of Thrones things? Yes, I live I live across the wall from the civilized people, which is why I'm fun and they're not. I, I mean, it's okay to get absolutely ridiculous. It is actually okay to be absolutely ridiculous, but you have no idea how many people have thought I was the most devout and charitable Christian that they've ever met in their life. I'm like, what? I'm not a Christian. I'm a man that has nothing to do with that. And, and I follow the old ways. I don't like any of this, anything that, that's going on around me right now. And they're like, what? I didn't know that you could be a good person and not follow oily Josh. You know, I don't, I don't let oily Josh inside of me. <laughs> 
I, I do call it Hyperborean Radio Uncensored. Um, and, and we haven't said anything dirty yet. So there you go. There's your dirty statement for the uh, for the uh, hype, the uncensored part. But yeah, it's it's a whole thing, man. You, you just you can't be afraid to let people know that you're not Christian and that yes, you are a good person. Yes, you are strong. Yes, you are charitable. You're kind. And whenever somebody says, "Oh, that Celtic God guy, he is so nice," I just bust out laughing. I'm like, "You don't know me very well. I am kind. I am charitable, but I am never nice. Never am I nice." And at first, they don't get it. And then after after a little bit, um, people will come up to me and be like, "You know what? You're right. You're not a nice person, but you are kind. You are probably the kindest person I've ever met." They're drawn to me because I'm kind, because I am charitable, because I show strength, but I'm never nice. Well, and this brings up another point. Um, we need to be generative in our culture because there's, there's a term that gets passed around a lot, and it's a good term, which is regenerate or regenerative. But this is sort of the reality. Regenerate is, let's say I cut off my arm and I regrow it like a lizard or like piccolo or something. And then I've got... My arm, it regenerated. Or a forest, you replant the forest. But all in all, what, you're act what you actually want to do is generate. You want to generate new life. You want to generate the culture. We do want to rejuvenate. We do want to regenerate. But the whole thing is the continuing of ourselves. So, like, let's say that the culture like modern day, it vilifies having kids. A lot of people will take that in a negative way. This is something that is not generative. It doesn't continue. It doesn't grow. It doesn't live. It is uh, a pro-death move, sort of. Well, re regenerating something is bringing something back. We want to generate something or rejuvenate it and generate because we don't want just what was. We want what can be, what could be, what should be. So we, the regeneration, the rejuvenation, and the generation are all working together from the past through the present into the future. So I think that's basically what you're trying to get at. Well, yes, because new things don't typically appear out of a vacuum. You know, like I'll use the example I was bringing up before of Iceland. It's distinct from the Scandinavian and European countries it descends from, both in, in culture and language and geography. And there's a lot of things that are unique to Iceland. It adapted to its long winters. It adapted to its volcanoes. It adapted to the flora and fauna that grow there. It so the clothing, the culture, the way the holidays are celebrated the way they interact with their environment, and then the, the founding pieces that affected them. It's like in the United States, you have something which admittedly on a modern person would look ridiculous, the coonskin cap, um, which is not always, I think, made from a raccoon, but it, it typically, it's just a random thing to bring up, but it's, a, it's an American cultural thing. It's you, and the way our environment can affect us is very valid. But there's also the human component. It's like I've brought up before. There's always the human component and the natural world component. Even with the... While you would get something very similar, like if you... Like Quebec 
or uh, the Cajuns, are both descended of French culture. And you can see the influence and the descent from the, uh, the French culture becoming something unique and distinct over here. The environment and the people that came over here together, they made something new. It's still connected to the old world, but it's also something distinct. And this is sort of how you generate wall regenerating. It sounds really silly when I say it out loud, but it's basically you keep producing what you have and there will be change over time. Uh, there's actually a overly academic term for this, but people use it all the time. It's called uh, a meme. Uh, and I'm not referring to, you know, the the Drake no yes meme or any other picture. Meme as in its original term, which is a, a sort of cultural genetics. So, for instance, impressionism would be a meme. Or um, uh, platforming video games would be a meme. It's something within a culture that spreads and grows, whether that's painting, whether that's planting, whether that's a way of dress. And the ability to understand and harness that is allows you to grow in a positive way. Because there will always be new ideas, and there will always be new things, and there will always be tweaks to things. You know, there's, um, there is a difference between how Americans will make donuts versus how the Europeans make donuts, which is a lot of different kinds. But my point being is there will always be a slight change over time. The French culture is not identical to either the Gallic or the Frankish or the Roman cultures or the Norman culture, or any of those things that directly influenced it, and directly are what it descends from. Well, and something else that can be done um, to help build culture, to regenerate it, and to build up, build build it back up, and to take it to where it could be, is um, it doesn't matter. This doesn't matter if you're a a woman, a man, young, old. Uh, but what it does require is a book and a little human. So then what you do is you take your little human, whether it's your your child, your grandchild, your niece, your nephew, just a friend's little human. And may I borrow your little human? I want to take them to the park. So then you go to the park, you play with the, the little human until they start huffing and puffing, just run them around until they're just ragged. And, oh, hey, would you like me to, to read you a story? I don't care if you want me to read you a story if they're like nah, I don't wanna that's fine I, I wasn't really asking you sit down I'm gonna read you a story then you then you pull out your book um preferably folklores I guess would work better for this because they're short and you start reading it and then close it and keep telling the story to the young mind especially in today's world this is magic how can you know the story without reading it, without watching it. It's pure magic, and it opens up a doorway for you to then explain what oral tradition is. That oral tradition, these stories used to be passed down in this way by talking or by telling the stories. And they was passed down this way, and it's part of our ethnic faith, part of who we are as a people, and it is a good skill to learn. And it actually will help their memory. It will make them smarter It'll make them smarter, especially if you can make it important. But just the act of closing the book and continuing to tell the story becomes magical. I've done this with adults, and many adults are just floored that you can tell the story without reading it. 
Well, and the exact opposite of the continuation of the oral story, the or the oral epic, the oral fairy tales, the the oral tradition. You, there's a modern example of the exact opposite of this. It's called TikTok. I'm not going to go on a whole tirade about TikTok, um, but the only reason I bring it up is because it is oral tradition improves memory. It improves pride in oneself. It allows someone to continue a tradition. It makes them stronger. It makes them emboldened. It makes them more clever. TikTok is the antithesis to all these things. It destroys attention spans. It just, it affects the culture in really strange ways, like Gorilla Glue Girl. It it is the antithesis, and it's kind of weird that that pops up around now. But my point being is, there are things in the culture that embolden you. They make you better. They make you stronger. You know when uh, I'm not going to advocate you stop eating sweets. But there was a time when sweets were something that was either a a special treat for a special occasion or for holidays. And in many cases, they would have almost sacred meanings, you know, like hot cross buns. They, they, They were sold around Easter. And actually, there were some laws placed that you couldn't sell them outside of Easter because some ridiculous thing about magic. But, uh... It was from the Queen of England or the King of England. Something weird. But long story short, the general idea is, does this make you better? Does this add to your life? You know, does having, you know, every episode of Seinfeld embolden your life? It might, if you're a really big Seinfeld fan. Or did you just spend, you know, $400 on DVDs that you only watched once? You know, it's... What is going to make your life, make yourself, make your people, make your culture, make everything stronger, better? You know, it's like in the modern day. All of these things that people would typically describe that they want, you know, a baker, uh, a blacksmith, a a library nearby, you know... All these things that uh, a musician, a local musician, uh, uh, a neighborhood get-together place, all these things, they're not really rewarded, but things that don't embolden us, that don't make us stronger, they do get emboldened. And this is how you can tell when a culture is, I guess you could call it, diseased. And you have to sort of be willing to continue and grow the healthy parts. It's like if you have a tree and there starts to be a little bit of an issue, you might prune the part that has an issue, and then the rest of it will grow stronger. Well, anybody that listens to us on uh, on YouTube as well, because if you're unaware and you've only and you only listen to the podcast, well, thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, but we also do a, a YouTube channel, and on there. Um, I've been putting together audio bits. I have one on the podcast. I'm not, I don't remember what it was. But most of the ones I've been doing are battle-oriented. Bang, bang, bang. Woo! Boom, 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 boom. And, and stuff like that. And people's like, oh, why are you doing that? It's because we are in a battle. We're in a battle for our people. Now, it's... <laughs> I'm going to just... Oh, I'm going to err on the safe side and say it's a metaphorical battle. B- 
because there aren't armies on fields yet. Um, anyways, that besides the point, what are we fighting? We're fighting for a culture. We're fighting for our people. And there's a culture that has hit the mainstream, which is degenerative. Everybody loves to fling that word around. It's degenerative. It's de that, that's degenerate. What that means is it takes away. And there's evidence for it. The current average attention span is approximately three seconds. Three seconds. One, two, three. I no longer have their attention because they cannot focus more than three seconds. This is TikTok. They're what, 10 second videos or something? I don't know. I've never been on there. But they're really short videos. And there's people complaining that the TikTok videos are too long because they don't have time to watch a whole TikTok video for 10 whole seconds. I don't care if it's 30 seconds. What? You can't... This is horrible. There's also a meme going around on Twitter that's been brought to my attention because I don't have Twitter either. So these things are brought to my attention. But it's a meme about an apple and visualization. And can you visualize an apple? And it's got five pictures. One from a bright red apple all the way to five, which is a black screen. And the responses overwhelmingly are, if you pick anything other than number five, you're lying because people cannot visualize in their minds. What? This is horrible. This is a horrible thing that's happening to to our people because I've met these people. Once I started talking about it, I've met these people. They exist. Um, what was the other thing I was going to bring up? Oh, um, inner monologues. Inner monologues are disappearing. There's people that don't have inner monologues and they can't visualize. How? And then you combine that with a average three second attention span it's insane this is insanity so how do we combat this with a different culture we have to bring back a culture and then bring it forward that's how we fight it is with culture and you get people to have fun to relax to start being more forward more outgoing stop being so worried about what people might think of you because this is generally the truth of it. Most people don't think of you. One way or the other. They just don't care. Make them care one way or another. And in particular, the people that you meet in real life. And if you're forward and you're friendly and you're kind, never nice, never be nice, but be kind, be charitable, be gentle until it's time to not be those things. And then you can, you know, be the not that. But this is how you get people to want to be around you. And it's really, it's the only thing that we can do to combat this. Because even if it came down to a battlefield battle, what would we be winning? It, it, let, let's say it comes right down to a physical war right now today and we're all in the same area. What could we possibly win without culture, without our culture? And that's why culture is so important and building that culture. Precisely. And you brought up that today's culture is degenerative. And I'm going to juxtapose that with regenerative. And we're not the only people to bring this up. But things that have been going down because of the modern culture. We brought up uh, IQ and cognitive functions. But there's also uh, health 
has been taking a nosedive. And part of that is the culture, because what do you have if you have a good, healthy diet? If you have a... Health fads are one of the worst things. Like the whole sugars, uh, butter's evil, eat more sugar. That sort of shit. And it's not just that. It's diet. It's community. How many people trust their neighbors? I don't even know the names of my neighbors. I mean, granted, they're non-white, so it's a little easier to not worry about it. But we have this situation where we have allowed our culture to get this bad and it seems like there's no way out of the Snookies and the Kardashians and the Weeaboos and here's the thing is I'll admit this I enjoy anime not all kinds for some very obvious reasons but Hayao Miyazaki uh, some decent shows here and there they'll actually willing to cover plot lines that are just never gonna happen but yeah a lot of it is is crud but there is indeed a very strange culture that's arose risen out of that and it's really common across the board i mean why is emo a thing or why are all these sort of sub factions within the culture why are they so weird why is everyone either blue or pink haired why is every guy so skinny and effeminate I mean, it's actually gotten so bad that you can see it in, like, advertisements. The gargantuan, overweight woman next to the scrawny, stick-figure man. When did that become the norm? Uh, It's the strangest thing. And when the culture no longer cares about the health, the continuation of tradition, the psychological well-being, community, and all these things, to... It's been brought up that our home country, myself and CGs, had the potential to do absolutely stupendous things when it got into a position of power. And instead we became ruled by brands. Brands are one of the worst things that could have happened. And it used to mean something. Like if you got, say, a sword. You know, everyone's heard of... Yeah, the the what, sorry? Othbert. Othbert. The, the, it was literally a brand. It's the original Nike, except for swords. Yeah, like... And it's because it came from that blacksmith's shop, and he had a reputation, and therefore it was valuable. But now, it's a status symbol. I mean, because a lot of the brands, quote-unquote, aren't even good anymore. You can find some no-name small business that produces better jeans than Levi's. Than anything. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we need to get a second mic. We need more listens. Get more people to listen to our podcast so that we can make some money off from off from the podcast so that we can buy a second mic so we can both talk at the same time and really confuse people. And really at that point, um, the show will actually pick up, I think, because then we'll be able to really communicate with each other. Um, so, yeah, share the podcast, Ron. Um, when people listen, uh, our, our sponsor, which by now you would have heard actually all three of the commercials that we put in here, um, it helps us generate some money. And maybe one day we'll be able to buy a second mic, which would be outstanding for our production value. But I forgot what I was going to say now. Oh, yeah, there's there's times where I'll go for walks by myself. And I'm not what I would call a meek-looking person. Um, I'm that... I look like that guy that you don't want to meet on a bright, sunshiny day in the park, let alone in a dark alley. 
and and some people know what I look like. I, I don't know what it is. I guess I got rusting bastard face. Anyways, while I'm walking, I'll see people, and then I'll put on my brightest, happiest face. They blanch a little bit, but then I start speaking to them. And next thing I know, I'm having conversations. And there's one particularly stands out in my mind. It was an older lady. Uh, I don't know how old she was. She had a dog. That was the opening that I used to, to start talking to her. And then she starts going into, she wants to talk. She knows the situation of the world, the, the political view of the world. And I stand there and as she's talking, I let my face grow more and more stern. I'm like, yeah, I don't really ascribe to all that stuff. I'm a heathen and I think this, this, this. And I just threw it out there. And the look, first she had this look of confusion on her face. And then of shock and horror. And then relief. And she admitted to me, she didn't really believe these things that she was saying. And this is an older lady. She didn't believe the things that she was saying. She just believed that these are the things that you're supposed to say in polite conversation. And why did I have the nerve to correct her, basically? It's because I didn't know her. I didn't care. I, I, I It wasn't to start an argument with her. If she would have really believed those things, I would just wish her a good day and kept going on my way. But this actually led into another larger conversation where that actually kind of led to this conversation that we're having right now that, you know, cultures on a decline and, and nobody knows what they're, everybody believes one thing, but they say, say a different thing. And they think this thing, but they do that thing. And it's just, it's not good for anybody. Well, like I'll use an example from my own life. My mom, if you talk to her on a personal level, she is a staunch Republican. If you talk to her about who she votes, she never votes for the evil Republicans. She always votes for the good Democrats. It, people are doing, th and I'm not political either way, but people are not doing the things that they actually want to do or actually believe because they're so scared of social pressure. This is itself an extremely unhealthy manifestation of culture. And it's one that is driving people mad. You can see it, are, are the, the, the fads in people my own age group and younger. You know, the 12-inch uh, gauges hanging off their ear, the 27 piercings, the tattoo that is just black, the, the haircuts that look like they were done by a mental patient. That's, that's damaging themselves, literally, on purpose, as a form of emotional damage. Well, here's the thing. Even if they don't do all that... If you know what you're looking for, if you understand people, you can see the desperation in people's eyes, the stress on their face, the the fear, the uncertainty, the sorrow, the absolute sorrow and depression while they put on a, a, a fancy face and try and hide it. And they, they, I am a happy person, so I'm going to dye my hair the brightest color possible to prove that I'm so happy. Not everybody does that, but they all still go through the motions. And you can see it. And a little bit of honesty. And the, the courage to stand there. And stand your ground just in case they legitimately will still argue these things. But that little bit of courage will open up doors that you didn't even know was there. It's like secret doors in the, in the mansion that just pop open for you. Um, and then after that, it's just being able to take advantage of them. 
and I'm really good at popping open the doors. I'm not so good at taking advantage of them um, because self-promotion in real life is not something I'm good at. Uh, because really, I sh- all these people I get to open up to me, I should be telling them that, well, yeah, I do a podcast. It's called uh, Hyperborean Radio, Uncensored. You can listen to us on any podcast. And then we got Hyperborean Radio on YouTube. Just look it up and you'll find it. I'm not good at doing that in real life. or in, Yeah, in real life, face-to-face. So I'm missing opportunities, but I'm still really good at knocking those those secret doors open and, and getting people to peer around them. And that's how you do it. You just don't be afraid to talk to people. Don't be afraid to stand your ground should they get hostile and be like, yeah, screw you and walk away. Minus the... Uh, because really there's... You don't even need to say screw you. You turn, you, you just walk away from somebody. That says it all right there. So they, they already know. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. We need to start building our culture. It starts with you. It starts with me. It's all of us. We all need to start doing this. And it's an important thing. We need to, we need to um, glorify, relish, uh, cherish. There's a specific word I'm digging for, but I'm unable to find it because my vocabulary index is far too large. But you know where I'm going. You, you know where I'm going with it. You wouldn't have made it to the end of the, the podcast had you not been aware of such things. Anyways, we we need to start appreciating who we are as a people and shining the spotlight on it and saying yes, we're we're good people. We are naturally good people. Some of us do messed up things, but the the messed up things are trained into us. We need to stop being afraid of each other. Start being willing to stand our ground. Start being willing to offer the friend of uh, the the hand of friendship. To be open, to invite people in, to be that person that people want to be like, and be that person that people want to be around. You do this through culture. We have to build it back up. Uh, somebody else broke it down. We need to be willing to build it back up. And then on that note, because we're at the end of our time. I'm going to cut it here and I'll let the Lord Keeper wrap it up. But I'm going to remind everybody to just be brave. And I will just say that I hope everyone out there takes a look around and realizes that there are still beautiful things out there. And there are still beautiful things that we made out there. And we can continue to make those beautiful things and we can continue to build and grow and we can choose to go in a better direction there is always the option to move forward and change what you think is this predetermined path we don't need to degenerate into the idiocracy we can choose to live in glory and with that i'm going to sign off
Oh, thank you.